Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. Happy Monday. Woo! It's Monday. Another beautiful week, huh? Uh, yeah. It was a party over the weekend. Palm Springs Pride. You know, honestly, I'm shocked that I have a voice still. I am too. Good, Thank good you. for you. Thank you. You try to silence me? <laughs> Exactly. You and all the other gays in Palm Springs. That's because you are moving. You weren't saying anything. You were just moving your body. No, I was. You know, DJ Lisa Pittman slayed it on the stage. Um, so did DJ Alex D. But uh, Saturday night was when she, uh, Lisa Pittman was like killing it, and we were yeah. all on the mic, and it was like turning I know. Into a thing. I'm very jealous. Missed it. I FOMO. missed you. I had to leave, but you know. It's okay. But t- guess what? We have a big, beautiful week ahead of us. We do. Guess who's joining us? Third Mike Chargesell all weekend <laughs> long. All we- I said weekend. Hello. All week long. Are you are you booked for the weekend too, Sean? Uh, no, I'm not booked for the weekend, but I, I do I must say that Palm Springs did look fun. Yep. I yes. enjoyed watching all of you all jump up and down to the oons oons right. music. Unce, 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 and unce. uh yeah, it looked it looked fun. I was chilling this weekend. I got a big week ahead of me next week. Yes, you do. And this week too, of course. And this week. <laughs> It's like, Shara forgot no, no, that. I was, no, this <laughs> is easy for her. She's like, I'm coming like, I'm in. No, no, no. I was saying in the name of travel, in the spirit oh, of God. travel. Yeah. You all in Palm That's Springs. That's true. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to the Big Apple next week. Thanksgiving weekends, right? No, 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 no. You, now you've got Girl, too much dip on your chest. where chip. are you at in the world? Thanksgiving is the week <laughs> it's like after. two weeks from now. I thought it was next week. <laughs> no, ma'am. Holy well, you're also Canadian, true. so I'll give you a pass. Yeah, that's true, Thank because you. you don't celebrate American. Well, you do, but that's a different time. Canada. Wait, do you all have a Thanksgiving? Yeah, they do. do. They it's do. Not, it. It's the same. Okay, it's wait, weird. let me ask this. What, what's what's Canada's like traditional Thanksgiving food? Are you, are you I, I didn't turkey? know because Girl, for some Jewish. reason, as a Jew, like we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. No, what's Thanksgiving got to do with being Jewish? That's the thing. Yeah, you thing. don't celebrate all, like all the things. And Thanksgiving is mostly an American kind of holiday, if you think about well, it. Well, there's still like Thanksgiving, like. Uh, when colonizers came and colonized Canada? There are, there, that what a happen. thing to celebrate. Jewish <laughs> people stateside celebrate. Uh, we're just like, we're going to step out of this. We are part of another genocide. We don't want to be involved. Oh, God. Okay. No okay, what's going on in the show? This is going to be really, really fun. Exactly. Three right. hot takes. Well, of course, what happened at Astroworld? It's just crazy yeah. to see all the news coming out around this tragedy, the music festival over the weekend. Well, we're breaking that down, of course, in the tea and also uh, later on in the show. Yes, we are. Uh, but right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. On the evening of October 12th, a man in a wheelchair was caught on camera vandalizing the Pulse Memorial in Orlando, Florida by setting it on fire and then just fleeing at the scene. Now, hold on. You know, I don't want to be rude, 
But that man got other things to worry about than burning up stuff. I want to know the motive. He in a whole ass wheelchair. I don't even care what his motive is. He needs to go mind his business yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, but we've seen, I feel like there's been an uptick of vandalizations. Remember what happened in New York with the, the George, George Floyd? Floyd. Yeah. Which was a guy that was an actor. I saw. Oh my God. He was actually Gr- on granted, a show. Granted, he was D-list, yes. but he's still an actor. And I mean, he was, he's on, he was on a show career. show. His little, he never had a career. That's just why yeah. he was... It's yeah. just wild. I do not understand why people feel compelled to, to vandalize things like that. Like, Angry, I, I don't. bad people. I don't. Yeah, nothing else going on in their life. Well, uh, One Pulse Foundation has released a, a video of it so to s- try to identify it. So if you go check it out, if you know who the person oh, is. Oh, they're going to find him. They're going to find him. Uh, now, the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol issued a new batch of subpoenas today to former Trump administration and re-election campaign aides who supported then-President Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. They're demanding records and testimony from witnesses between late November and mid-December. That will be uh, interesting to see how that goes Yeah, out. especially because there seems to be this push from the right to get over it, forget about oh, yeah. it. And no, these people, need to be, these people need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Definitely. And finally, people in L.A. who visit indoor restaurants, gyms, entertainment, recreational facilities, personal care establishment, and other city buildings are now required. Get ready to show proof of full vaccination against COVID-19. It's a new vaccine mandate that took effect today. And yeah, you need to show proof of vaccination, even an ID card. Like, I had to show my license. This is happening. It was already, depending on where you go in West Hollywood and go into the clubs, people are already doing it. The past week, it's been more. Yeah, it started, um, I remember my gym told me starting November 4th that they were going to start showing. It's got to be proof of vaccination in order to work out. Actually, that's a good thing to know because we go to the same gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Different locations, but the same gym. But yeah, so that's that's something that's really happening. Guess what? It's my turn. Go for it. What's the tea, Ryan? All right, so actually unfortunate this weekend, a devastating tragedy uh, tragedy took place at Travis Scott's Astro Award Festival. And it's time for the T Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, Travis Scott, if you don't know him as a rapper, you know him as Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Um, he basically is saying that he is absolutely devastated by the eight deaths that took place at his Astro World concert festival on Friday night and pledged to support authorities as they investigate. He actually spoke out on Saturday evening in a series of black and white Instagram stories. Here's what he had to say. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. You know, my fans, my fans, like, my fans really mean the world to me, and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. Uh, We've been working closely. uh, We've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this, the city of Houston, HPD, fire department, you know, everyone, uh, you know, help us, help us figure this out. So his statements were echoed by his girlfriend, Kylie Jenner, of course, who was also in attendance um, at the concert on Friday. She was there with Stormy as well and could be seen posting videos of the concert before she realized the crowd surge was happening. Hmm. As news of the tragedy continues to unfold information on some of the victims who died, who range in the age from 14 to 27 is being released. Live Nation and Travis Scott is refunding all tickets of people who attended and they are currently facing multiple lawsuits. And then, of course, now there is a um, a pledge, a petition. More than 5,000 people have signed this petition to get his Coachella performance canceled. You know, there's so much more to this story. 
Initial thoughts, everyone, really quick. I, I'm just yeah. really shocked. I really have no frame of reference who Travis Scott is outside of Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. And I'm just seeing so many clips, so many reports. You know, he was arrested in 2017 for inciting a riot. And I think yeah. it's documented in a 2019 Netflix documentary that he's featured in. So this is not something new for Travis Scott. And it's just it, it sucks that tragedy had to happen for him to show some remorse and reroute. Yeah, I just think it's it's horrible and uh, a tough lesson to learn in terms of how we deal with crowds at festivals and concerts yeah. now moving forward. It made me think of Selena, too. You know, that one well, scene in the Selena movie. Well, the thing is, I actually want to put a pin there because we're going to talk a little bit more about it coming up later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to kind of give you all the high, you know, the top line deets. Mm-hmm. So that's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. Shar's actually going to be doing the T-Report next hour. Love it. Okay. Well, news coming up. The infrastructure bill is finally closed. That took long enough. What's in it and how it will impact you next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Who feel left behind and forgotten in an economy that's changing so rapidly. This bill is for you. The vast majority of the thousands of jobs that will be created don't require a college degree. There'll be jobs in every part of the country. Red states, blue states, cities, small towns, rural communities, tribal communities. This is a blue-collar blueprint to rebuild America. Okay, that was President Biden on Friday. He finally wrangled Democrats to close the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. So what happens now? Uh, Joining us is Olivier Knox, Washington Post reporter. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Well, after so much back and forth, I mean, it was really difficult to even report about this. <laughs> it was kind of tor- it was Democrats torture. were being annoying. You know, how did he finally get <laughs> everyone new. to unite on this? What changed? Uh, he got progressives to cave on their demands that this vote be twinned with a vote on the much bigger Build Back Better legislation um, that we think is going to run around one point seventy five trillion. But but the the jury is still out on that because of objections to certain uh, pieces of the package from folks like Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. Yeah, because I, I think what also played a huge part into this for the 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 twin bill, the Build Back Better Act, is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Because there's so yep. many things. Cool. Mm-hmm. There, moderate, uh, moderate Democrats were wanting to know the Congressional Budget Office score. What does that right. mean? Well, <laughs> so moderates, people who want to be uh, taken seriously as fiscal fiscal hawks, tend to wait for the Congressional Budget Office. It's a nonpartisan office inside the U.S. Congress that will give you essentially how much will this cost, how much will it add, if anything, to the deficit and the debt over the course uh, of over the, the lifespan of the proposal. They did not make the same request for this infrastructure bill, which actually, as, as constructed, looks like it'll add more to the deficit than the build back better. Yeah, I know the deficit has been like up and down, and especially mm-hmm. within the last presidential election. Well, the last presidential um, with with Trump. Yeah. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm, I'm tripping over my words. But I want to know, how is this going to be funded? Is this coming out of our taxes? How is this being funded? The infrastructure. Well, it depends which one you're talking about. Are you talking about the, the, uh, the, the one point? OK, but so but the one that just the one that just is yeah. becoming law now. Yes. Yeah. One point yes. two trillion dollars. Um, Jesus. Um, yeah, it's it's coming out of it's. Probably not coming so much out of your taxes unless you make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year. 
Well, you don't know what we make. I don't. How dare you assume? I'm sure. I'm sure. Whatever it is, it's not enough. But, you know, I uh, rival Elon Musk. That that is correct. It's not enough. That is correct. Elon Musk without the Twitter meltdowns, I welcome that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. We have that behind the scenes. So, so yeah. So I get okay. So if you're four hundred thousand up, and what is now included in this? Because I feel like we've heard so many things. Like, what are the things we need to be taking notice of? Right. So this this infrastructure plan, the one that's becoming law now, the one that the, that the president celebrated, has a lot of money for roads, ports, bridges, uh, rail, power grid, expanding access to broadband Internet and safe water. Um, mm. It is, in the president's own words, the largest infrastructure investment since either Eisenhower, Eisenhower's efforts to build the uh, interstate yeah. highway system or the Transcontinental Railroad. Um, so it's about $110 billion, for example, to repair aging highways, bridges, and roads. Um, the White House says about 173,000 total miles um, and 45,000 bridges are in poor condition, which I can vouch for having driven up and down the eastern seaboard, mm-hmm. uh, and also 45,000 bridges. Um, it's about $40 billion for bridges, which is really significant. There's stuff like public transit, about nearly $40 billion for public transit. Amtrak, which, of course, the the uh, the president rode as a senator and then sometimes as vice president, they're going to get an injection uh, of cash to uh, to address their repair backlog. Um, it, there's just it, it's a very um, well, if you're looking to the future, there is money, of course, for electric vehicle charging stations. Um, and actually, the thing that I think is most interesting probably is about sixty five billion dollars for broadband access. There are very large swaths of this country that don't have reliable high-speed internet access. And what we've learned during the pandemic is we've learned once again how important that is with students doing remote learning. You know, even in my nice little neighborhood uh, in the D.C. suburbs, we had families that would drive to the uh, the library parking lot to get uh, get the Wi-Fi signal. Wow. I guess as we're wrapping this up and you have about maybe 30 seconds left, what should Democrats be thinking about as we head to the 2022 midterm election? Because this seems like this is a good thing that this was finally passed, but there's so much other stuff that Democrats promise voters that they kind of have to live up to. Yeah, there's going to be a gap between the sort of what we promise and what we delivered. But I think what Democrats really probably have to do is sell the voters really hard on this bill. We don't know yet what's going to happen with Build Back Better. Uh, you know, it's, I'd say it's 50-50 odds that that gets through. But Democrats now have something concrete that they can point to. They can say not only, yes, Democrats can govern, but they can also uh, point to Biden's style and say, look, even in these crazy polarized times when we all pull together uh, under Joe Biden's leadership, we can actually deliver pretty significant achievements. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and breaking that all down. That was Olivier Knox, Washington Post reporter. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Well, guess what? The international travel ban is over. It seems what you need to know about traveling internationally and visitors coming to the U.S. If you have some family, friends, you want to come here, giving you all that information next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The U.S. has officially ended its international travel ban. Visitors will have to show proof of vaccination to enter into the U.S., along with a recent negative COVID-19 test, though there are exemptions. Joining us right now is Ian Duncan, transportation reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? You know, I'm great. This is very exciting. I think this everyone's, you know, hoping things are getting back to normal, and this is a big step. 
Yeah, I'm at Dallas Airport just outside Washington right now, okay. and there's people coming off planes, and it's all very emotional. You know, people like holding grandkids that they haven't held for mm. two years. I just saw there's an army officer who'd met a woman in Germany, and she was coming over to meet him, and they just hugged them. They just walked off. You know, it's dark now here. Um, it's just been like really great to see all these families reuniting today. You know what's also really great? Your accent. Just read anything, and I'm great with it. Here's here's the thing. You know, there's also been in the news a lot of these airlines, specifically American, who have kind of been going through shortages. I mean, canceling flights. The holidays are coming around the corner. So this is a huge deal, but how are airlines now going to kind of handle the, the surge of flights that are probably going to... People want to get out of the country now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we know is that airlines kind of cut back on staff uh, quite a bit during the pandemic. And so what's happened, uh, we've sort of seen this over the summer and in the last few weeks as well, is that when something goes a bit awry, and usually some bad weather, that normally they'd recover from. Instead, what happens is they end up cancelling thousands of flights to try and get their crews back to where they need them to be. And so I think there is some sort of apprehension that um, over the holidays, you know, there might be something that crops up and there could be a disruption of that kind. Um, but I'm sure, too, that the airlines will be trying to do everything they can to um, avoid that because of these travel restrictions falling kind of the last piece for them that they need to get back in business has really fallen away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm literally bracing myself because I'm flying American next week and I don't want any, you know, <laughs> any nonsense. Right. But yeah, I was reading a report about how it's projected to be chaos this uh, holiday season. I'd like to know because I recently went to Hawaii and there were so many um, requirements to get into Hawaii. You would have thought that Hawaii was not U.S. territory. I want to know, aside from like you know, your negative COVID test and proof of vaccination, will there be additional requirements for international travel? It doesn't look like it at this point. Um, I actually just flew internationally myself and I was really worried about filling out all the forms and getting everything right. And people that I've spoken to today said the same thing, like they didn't really believe it was going to happen until uh, they were kind of in the seat on the plane. Um, but if you've got that negative test and um, if you're not a U.S. person, if you have your vaccine and you have your records and everything, it seems like it's been going OK for people today. Uh, so I, for people that aren't vaccinated at this point, and obviously there's a lot of international folks are as well as here in the U.S., like how difficult is this going to be right now? This is really becoming a world that is not for the unvaccinated. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's one thing for people in Europe or in the United States where the vaccine is really widely available. But in sort of the developing world, in countries where there isn't as much vaccine access, you are going to see that I think it's going to be just more difficult for people um, to travel, especially if this being vaccinated really gets locked in as the standard. So the old uh, rules barred international visitors from 33 countries, the UK, South Africa, Brazil, and much of Europe. Are there any restrictions at this point, but like, or is it just every country right now it's open? Uh, I think it's every country. It's essentially open again. The testing is required from everywhere. Um, And so you need to be somewhere where you can reliably get a test within three days of getting on your flight. Um, The land borders have been opening back up as well. And so... Um, for lots of people, this will be now sort of doable. There's clearly yeah. restrictions and you have to be willing to wear your mask or time on plane and all the rest of it. But it is doable in a way that before it was 
pretty much impossible. Okay, well, thank you so much and for sharing all that emotional stuff happening on the ground there. That was Ian Duncan, transportation reporter at the Washington Post. Enjoy the rest of your time out there. Yeah, thanks so much. And happy holidays to you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Early holidays. We're going to say that to everyone now. Well, I don't know. Uh, I just feel Ian might be fine. It's the accent that did it for me. You know what also is shocking to me? Like, we better open up to every country because they're all handling this COVID stuff better than the they United really States. Are. Saying they that, really are, but we'll see what happens. I was listening to some other news stuff earlier. It's not good. Oh, really? There. We're not the worst of the worst? Yeah, actually, no. Oh. Uh, but next up. <laughs> <laughs> was this Tucker Carlson or? No. Oh, okay. More on Travis Scott's Astroworld tragedy that's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are uh, back talking about the tragedy at Astroworld Music Festival in Houston, Texas on Friday night. Eight dead, hundreds injured. I mean, I don't think we I've seen anything like this happen at a festival even recently or in my lifetime. I don't know. Well, it's being reported. New York Times, they had a headline where they reported the deadliest concert that's yeah. happened in this in like modern times. Yeah. So, Astroworld it was? Yes, it was. Well, yeah. then there was the shooting in Vegas at that festival as well, but that yeah, was different. That was right, right. That's like in this Ooh, one, it comes to this moment. That. Yeah. that was 2017. I still yeah. remember. That was terrible. That was when Me Too hit. That was like in that same fall. 
we're, that that happened. Was it? Tw- yeah, it, it was 2017. We were on the air, I think. Then, I think. Nevertheless, anyway. this is. Um, yeah, this is a, a tragedy. There's so many lives lost, and and I saw some of like the raw video footage. You know, people were going on TikTok uh-huh. and their Instagrams, posting things. What I find interesting is that they said that even in the midst of the chaos, Travis Scott reportedly went on to keep the show going for about 40 minutes even with acknowledging like there's an ambulance well here's the thing that was that video but then it was another video of where uh, police officers and EMTs were carrying bodies at this point and the craziness of the juxtaposition of where this was happening Travis was uh, like elevated in the sky Uh he looks directly at them are you and keeps the concert going. Yeah. And so it was one of those moments where I under I was like kind of trying to think about, well, if you are an artist, you when you're on the stage, of course you kind of have to keep the show going. The show must go on. Yeah. yeah exactly. And so like I can see how like you're just looking at it, but you're like, I don't I can't just stop everything. But when it comes to like people were yelling at the camera people, I people were that. like trying to get your attention and, and get the attention of the security guards. Something should have been stopped. Something yeah. should have... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it's it's like you said, the show must go on, and you're told, like, okay, don't... Like, if no one... If, if you don't need to stop, don't stop. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, people won't know that it happened, maybe. You know, don't put well, attention t- on something bad that's happening. Time is also money. You got to think that's about true. the sponsors and people that are... At the same are- time, you know, Linkin Park, uh, there's videos get, uh, going around. Is it... I think it's Linkin Park, or it's one. It's a band. What a throwback for you to bring up Linkin Park. It was, it was a band that there's a video going around of how they stopped, like they, they had a mosh pit or something going on, mm-hmm. and they were like, Oof. the minute they saw some something, they said, "Everyone, stop! We're stopping the music now." Yeah. What do we do? The minute someone falls down, you pick them up. But that's the issue, right? Because Travis Scott has shown a history of this type of behavior mm-hmm. from the beginning of his career until now. It's only gotten worse and worse yep. and worse, yep. and unfortunately, eight people. And multiple others have had to either have either lost their lives or are either currently still in the hospital dealing with repercussions of from mental to physical, emotional, dealing with all of these things because kids were basically saving their either counterparts or the people around yeah. them yeah. and experiencing this this very traumatic situation. It, I know yeah. that one of the uh, stories comes out of the Midwest near Chicago. There was a, a guy that went down there for the concert for his birthday mm-hmm. and both he and his best friend perished. Ugh. So it's wow. it's it's really heartbreaking to see some of the the stories that are coming out. And like you mentioned, Ryan, you know, and like I said at the top of the show, Travis has been arrested for inciting a riot mm-hmm. prior, and he kind of just shrugs it off, and like it's gotten increasingly worse. It's like not taking something seriously that is very serious. Yeah. And also the idea that when in those videos where people are going up to the camera, people like this idea of not listening to people because you're a fan or like you're trying to bother or like mm-hmm. mess with what we're doing. Like they're. But they're pleading to you. Yeah, Stop they're like the at a show. certain point, be human. You're not yeah. just there to do your job. Well, there's that also, is part of your job. And guess what? I was interested. I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because there was moments where I was listening to a podcast where they kind of bought that same sentiment up as well. But it was one of those things where sometimes you well you don't know what the situation is if a cameraman can like they have no authority to be mm-hmm. able to stop an entire show. They're working the cameras for the screen, so that it's kind of like true. what can they do? But I do want to know. What do you think this is going to be, you know, the future of festivals? How is this going to change everything we know? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not, I know that we were talking off air, like personally, I, you know, I'm a girl that lo- loves assigned seating when I go to concerts. Yeah. I'm not a standing room only <laughs> mosh pit. I used to work for Live Nation and Ticketmaster, yeah. so I've been to rock concerts mm-hmm. and seen the mosh pits, seen girls get their arm broken or sexual assault. Let's let's uh, talk about I've it. I've gotten punched at one. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was a Fall Out Boy concert. It was nice, though. It was oh, see, see, it was I'm, I'm, I'm not that girl. Doc Martens, it was great. <laughs> However, um, I think that the future of this looks like different safety protocols implemented. I think that there's still going to be standing room only, but there might be more security present towards the front. Uh And I'm also concerned, like, when I think of, like, those standing room only, like, music festivals, there's typically, like, you see the front row, and there's a gate there, and then there's, like, 20 feet before it's the stage. So were these people up against the stage? Up against the bar They were up against the very... Because guess what? At the entrance... Well, security's up there, but at the entrance, which was crazy, 50,000 extra people came in crashing at the entrance. Yeah, it was like a quote-unquote stampede. Yeah, people were... They showed that in the Netflix documentary. that were supposed to be there. Yes, I I think that more security is going to be rolled out. People, if they're smart, they'll make sure this does not happen again. And it's really sad that it needed to happen for this change to possibly occur that's true it can't they can't keep doing this the same way no and, and my thing is uh travis i it's not going to be like ariana grande where she unfortunately had the manchester thing and it kind of shifted that, the, yeah. her career yeah. and people really felt bad for that time she was going through but that was a bit different it was it, it was different yeah. and that's why i said it's not going to be like that bombing. It, but it, it was it was it's also not going to be in the sense that people are going to find uh, have empathy for travis no. because of his behavior exactly. it's going it's completely two different things people are literally i was going to speak to that because there's so many clips like I said I didn't know this guy outside of being associated with the Kardashians I know some of his music but I don't know a lot about his personality Mm -hmm. and so things have been coming up I've seen them on my timeline on social media and personally it does not seem like a smear campaign it just seems like he's he's not he's a jack butt what was coming at him he's a jack butt that's the safest (laughs) way for me to put it on that note he's a donkey uh, that was Char's voice by the way Char Giselle is here with us third mic this week all week long Uh, coming up next the latest state to roll out X markers on drive licenses that and more next on what's trending this hour she's trying to get you here for the weekend she keeps saying <laughs> weekend long let's go there with shira and ryan channel q uh coming up we're gonna be talking about a moment from snl that uh caught a lot of attention this past weekend that's in the t report in a moment yeah the one with De- Dion warwick okay well you yeah. said the name I didn't want to yeah, you you know, reveal the it. That's, Great job. First of all, that's not, that's not, that's not a surprise, people. We anyway. had a new Trump on SNL, a new actor playing Trump. There was a lot that went on I last didn't, Saturday. I didn't even know that. Look see, at you. Now, now everybody's spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about toxic self-love. What is it? And are you a part of the problem for I yourself? You, I know you are. Oh! Oh! Wow! I don't know. I don't even know what it's about. If he I'm just always honest. says that. I yeah, know that. I just you have are. to come up with something. <laughs> Let's get into so much trending that uh, this hour. That's in thirty minutes, by the way. Okay, starting with Michigan, it'll become the latest state to allow trans and non-binary residents to apply for an X gender marker on the driver's license. A change that is set to go into effect next week. While advocates are celebrating this, it comes in the wake of a court ruling that does not bode well for LGBT people in the state. Uh, The new gender marker policy, though, is set to take effect on November 10th, as Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson announced last week. So that's very exciting, by the way. Uh, Now, First Lady Jill Biden kicked off her nationwide tour to urge parents and guardians to vaccinate their kids against COVID. So please make the decision to protect your children 
with the same vaccine that has already saved millions of lives because nothing is more important than our children's health. It's up to us to keep them safe. And with this vaccine, we can. So we're all going to say a rousing thank you. You ready? One, two, three. Also, conservatives are currently attacking Sesame Street and Big Bird. We'll Yo. tell you why over this oh my God. In, a, in a bit. I can't wait to talk about it. I've Same. never thought, you know, that character would shake the table in the yeah. way they did. Ruffle feathers? Which, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, Good one, Shara. Good one. Good Shira one. Shara for the win. Good one. <laughs> a, queen, a queen of comedy, Shara Lazar. Thank you very much. A queen of comedy. Ah, and uh, finally, oh, in what's trending this hour. I hate you both. Watch so out, good. Chelsea Handler. <laughs> Once in a while, I get a point. The apparel company founded by Ye, not Ye. Yes, yes. Because yes. she said Ye the other day. <laughs> she said Ye. Like Angela Ye? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the rapper, formerly known as Kanye West, was ordered to pay nearly $1 million to settle a civil lawsuit alleging false advertising over shipping practices. That comes today in California. Yeezy, or Ye, allegedly made untrue statements regarding its ability to ship products within a certain time frame, specifically when customers paid additional fees for expedited shipping, and then it just never showed up. That is so irritating. I had to call H&M's corporate office last week over something like that, because they're yeah. like, oh, we're experiencing a, a backup. I said, well, you need to let people know before I hit checkout. That's right? true, yeah, because everyone knows there's shipping issues happening yes. across the country. They should be extra clear on the websites yes. to be like this we have a reason literally it's not going to get to you ever yeah. that was what's training this hour and by the way the voice you're hearing third mic is Shara Giselle here all week long not weekend I keep saying weekend I'm in weekend <laughs> mode uh, but yeah just as an FYI if you're wondering it's Shira it's Shar here and Ryan when did I become last I know you was doing the double S's Shira Shar and Ryan now hold on now cause even when Whoopi is uh, out <laughs> She's still going. How about save the best for last, King Leo? Period. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Reframe. Your turn, Shar. Well, in the T-Report this hour, Cousin D, as I affectionately call her, just like Whitney Houston used to call her, the dearly departed, 80-year-old Dionne Warwick stole the show this past weekend on Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was technically her show to begin with, but uh, the six-time Grammy Award winner made a surprise appearance on the reoccurring sketch, quote, the Dionne Warwick talk show in which cast member Ego Nuodium impersonates the iconic singer on her own talk show. This was inspired by Dion's tweets, by the way, but take a listen to the clip. Very, very good. Now, today I heard a song by an artist called Young Boy Never Broke Again. Why aren't people just called Burt Bacharach anymore? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that's uh, a very good question. And I'm going to find out for you. Listen, I'm going to tweet, tweet, tweet. All right, then. Well, Dion... Would you like to sing a song for the people? Do they deserve it? You know, I think they do.
I must agree, Cousin D. The world needs love, sweet love right now. It's just good to see her out and about. Yeah. I love Dionne Warwick. She is R&B. She's actually music royalty. She is. Her career goes so far past R&B, like, and so many of her songs have been remade by Luther, by Whitney, by Aretha. She's just, it's good to see her out and about, and I love that her sassy tail self got up off of Twitter and is making a public appearance. Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I also want to do a quick Ryan Recommends because the actress that uh, plays... Uh, Dion. Ego. Yeah. She is so phenomenal in Love Life on HBO Max. Oh, I haven't checked it um, out yet because I think it's going to trigger me. She is <laughs> phenomenal in that show. I would recommend everyone watch it. It's I've just heard really, good really things. Good. I've heard I want to say, really what is it about? But... So, Love Life is an anthology <laughs> series that uh, follows one character's kind of journey through love, different relationships, different aspects. Oh, you know, I like that. It's about 10 episodes Ooh. and you see different perspectives of their lives. Anna Kendrick was the first um, storyline and she's connected to the, the like person who's... that show who's... about the New York Times love thing. Yes, yeah, modern, I, love. modern Love. I like that Amazon. show as well. But it's it's show. but it's connected. This show's yeah. connected. Okay. Yes. I'm scared. That's your team report, y'all. Okay. Well, next up, of course, Daylight Savings Time has ended. How to combat seasonal mental health issues. Come What's on. next? Knock, knock, knocking at your door. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So you've turned back your clocks for daylight savings time. By the way, it's saving. I keep saying savings. Everyone loves to add that S. Yeah. I I just found out a few years ago that there's no S attached to it. I I think it's just everybody, lots of people say daylight savings time. Because we're saving some time. (laughs) Lots of savings. But uh, for some of you, you love the extra hour of sleep, right? Yes, comes in Uh, handy. Others hate when it gets darker earlier. All in all, though, this time can really impact your mental health. And here to tell us why and give us some tips is Dr. Alicia Roth, clinical health psychologist at Cleveland Clinic and board certified in behavioral sleep medicine. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Good evening. Yeah. Well, it's evening here. Yeah, you it's know. evening here. Evening somewhere. <laughs> uh, well, I guess what's the first thing that people might not realize when this happens, how it impacts their mental health? Uh, well, it's not about losing the S, I'll say that, um, <laughs> but it, it, does throw, it does throw us off a little bit. Um, I would say the biggest thing is the light. 
you know, natural light plays a big role in the timing of our day and especially our sleep Mm -hmm. and, you know, the timing of the light changes. So if you're a morning person, it's good news when the clocks roll back because it's lighter earlier. But um, in the evening, it gets uh, dark earlier as well. And so that might not be as uh, good for you if you're more of a late afternoon or evening person. Yeah, it's really interesting as we think about kind of like the rise in seasonal affective disorders, especially last year in the middle of a pandemic, I feel like everyone Mm. was feeling it. How do you think people Mm -hmm. are going to adjust to it now that life is semi kind of back, but not really? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, the the addition of the pandemic just in all of 2020 um, was really wreaked havoc on people's sleep and, and mental health because we just weren't doing the like the normal things that we normally that that we do and and so you know we're just not um we're not moving we're not walking we're not commuting um so i think this year the winter will be a little bit easier on us i know um in in especially here in, in cleveland ohio where it's sunlight's at a premium around this time of year um you know it's it was hard for people because they're you know, cooped up in the house and and can't can't go out and even do anything outside um, mm-hmm. when the pandemic was around. So I think it'll be a little bit better this year now that things are kind of returning back to normal. Well, I certainly hope so, because personally, it was around this time last year that my mental health really mm. began to plummet. And we live yeah. in L.A., so we have the blessing of no snow. You yeah. know, I couldn't nah. imagine doing uh, <laughs> double duty. But, um, yeah, the, my question is, what tips do you have? Because I'm someone who, like I just mentioned last year, it really, really affected me. So I've been kind of like dragging my feet, even though I know time is going to be time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been kind of mm-hmm. dragging my feet as we enter this new par- portion of the season yeah. as to how I can stay like like mentally afloat, mm-hmm. if you will. So do you have any tips? Um, yeah, when it comes to like the season change and the time change and your mental health, um, what's what's always really good for people, whether you're a good sleeper or not a good sleeper, is to stay on a schedule when it comes to your sleep. Try to be as regular as possible with your bedtime, um, especially your wake time. Um the wake time is more important. Um, And one thing that people find really helpful during this time of year when sunlight might not be uh, around as much or it's getting darker earlier is a light box. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, but uh, light boxes are really easy to buy now and um, made for, you know, getting some sunlight um, during the day or in the morning and can really help with your feelings of energy um, and feeling motivated during the day. Definitely gives you a little boost in energy, those light boxes. Yeah, I've seen the red lights. Is that the same thing? Because a lot of people in the morning uh, meditate with that. Yeah, no, it's something a little bit different. The, the The main quality of a light box, I would say, is to make sure that it's 100, I mean, sorry, uh, 10,000 lux. Mm-hmm. So that's a measurement of the 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 bulb um you don't want to buy anything and there's a lot of them out there now so you can buy like cheap ones that i think are just lamps and you don't want to you want to make sure you're not getting uh, fooled on that but yeah the main thing is to find one that has a the right light bulb that's going to emit like sunlight waves got it so when i think about kind of like the idea of sleep 
when is the right time to know, like, oh, I think I'm having some issues with my mm. sleep or I'm not sleeping mm. as well as I, I could? When should someone kind of peek and be like, oh, maybe I should go get this look at? Oh, that's a great question. You warm my heart with that question. Oh, um, so when it <laughs> when it um, when it's become a problem for maybe like more than a couple of weeks that you're feeling like something's not right, something is off. Um, I think that's a good time to go see your primary care doctor or mention it to your therapist. A lot of therapists have training in how to help people with sleep nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wait until it's become, you know, catastrophically bad. Um, you know, the earlier, the better when it comes to intervention for sleep. Yeah. And what about you, you talked about the morning routine, uh, but what about mm-hmm. like uh, going to bed? Because a lot of people are looking at their phones, watching mm-hmm. some shows, eating, maybe drinking. Like, have you been watching me, Shira? Is that? She's been watching my bedtime <laughs> routine. That's uh, literally what I do. Time for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not I'm 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 not super um strict about electronics at oh. bedtime. It's it's for me it's more about the content that you're consuming mm-hmm. on the electronics. Tell if you're more. in bed if you're in bed like doom scrolling Twitter, that's not good for you. Um, but if you're, you know, watching TV um, or a streaming service and, you know, watching a rerun of something that, you know, is warm and fuzzy and nice for nice for you, then that's okay. Not Squid Game um, before you go to bed. Not Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. No. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, can't, I have to admit, I'm kind of guilty of watching Squid Game in bed at like midnight. Yeah, how um, was your sleep? How did you feel the next day? It's, it's fine. I was fine. I do true crime. My thing, my thing, does the sleep doctor have a sleep doctor? Because I know that messed up your... Can I support yeah. you, doctor? Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, in general, you want to do things, you know, within an hour before bed that are pleasant and calming for you. And that's different for everyone. You know, for yeah. some people, it is watching true crime or it is watching you know, reruns of The Office. Um, but for, you know, for some people, they, they do need to take a hot bath or do some meditation um, to really to really calm down. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all those tips. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good night. You yeah. Too. Get some rest. Get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> some sleep. Exactly. Sleep. That's the sign off for this segment. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Alicia Roth is a clinical health psychologist at Cleveland Clinic and board certified in behavioral sleep medicine. Thank you again. Uh, Next up, is there such a thing as too much self-love? We're talking about toxic self-love next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So is there such a thing as too much self-love in this story on spiritword.com? And also, by the way, shout out to... Uh, the talk who talked about the, oh, the, the real. real. I keep mixing up the real. Yes, who Cheryl Underwood, uh, not Cheryl Underwood, but Lonnie Love. First of all, <laughs> no one's thinking of Cheryl Underwood at all. <laughs> like, so at all. in the real, they talked about this, and we were inspired, so we wanted to talk about it today. So it's all about you know this idea that you could almost get so much into self love that when the going gets tough. You almost like are just thinking about yourself that you don't even want to think about someone else, right? Huh. Okay. And and this idea could non-negotiables be the reason some people are single? Yes. Yes, that's I mean, I I yes. have to agree, but I don't know this is this might be interesting. 
But how is, unless you're becoming into like a narcissist, I don't ever see self-love being a, a terrible thing because you set mm-hmm. your boundaries through that. Yeah. You set what you, your, your desires. Your expectations. You, your expecta- like for me, having that sort of self-love, even though there's a balance to it, I don't see it ever being a negative. I think that they should have chosen a different word for this because I don't know if, well, a different expression because I don't know if self-love is applicable to this either. However, um, I know someone, you know, Ryan and I, talk all the time on FaceTime and yeah. about dating all the time. I have certain non-negotiables. Yeah, but I'm should. also but I'm also very flexible and uh, willing yep. to acknowledge that people have d- well. there's everything's nuanced. Well. It is. I am very flexible. Well. I told you I went on a I went on excuse me, I went on a date Friday and I'm still talking to that guy after okay. what happened okay. Friday That's, night. Now that yes. All right. Okay. And Ryan, you've learned that too recently. No, 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 no. You can't talk, Mr. Ghoster. <laughs> You can't talk. Oh, that's healthy. No, 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 that no. That is totally We have talked about here on air that she doesn't even want her man wearing a dark nail polish <laughs> without specific. it being a thing. So for that's me, I am you know, flexible. <laughs> I am flexible. Because for me, I, like, okay, aesthetics aside, I'm talking about, like, character flaws. Yeah, yeah values. Character flaws. No, also yeah. values. Like that's. Well, I don't know if I'm flexible in values. No, 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 you shouldn't be flexible. Non-negotiables for me are very clear, more like values. That's yeah. a non-negotiable for me. I agree with that. Like, that you can't move on, right? And my flex, the my flexibility that I've learned has come to understanding that everyone's not going to be in the way that I think they should be. That is true. And like that, I'm, I can't, you know, have can't a say control. or no. control and who that person is. If they are just someone who has a big laugh, or they someone <laughs> who you know can get on my nerves a little bit. Guess what? That comes with the good and the bad yeah. of anyone that I would come across with. But yes. that for me, I had to kind of bounce it off of either you or you know Shar or people to kind of Therapy. understand. Understand that because I haven't dated a ton. Because we have to also acknowledge, like I mentioned, we're all imperfect and we all have good and bad to us too. So just like we're tolerating someone and making exceptions (laughs) for someone, the Leo here. I just feel listen. No, no, no. Just just like just like we are carving out space and and making it work with someone, they're granting us that same. They're doing the same exactly. We have to have compassion for ourselves and others. As someone, the only person here in a relationship. Track? I mean, why, why would she? I'm just why would she? You could have no, phrased that. I must say, and I'll be real. Good. I hope so. But as someone who has been in bad, like bad relationships, toxic relationships, all that, and now feeling more in a healthy one, it is not perfect. Like we still get on each other's nerves. We still have things that come up. Really? It's about how you That's navigate shocking. that. <laughs> and I, it's not just me getting on. <laughs> I'm not just getting on his nerves, but. When I when I think about this toxic self love, I personally think of spiritual bypassing, meaning mm. you're using self love as a way to say, "Well, this just doesn't work for me." Like I'm gonna I, I'm going to escape difficult conversations, Ooh, uncomfortable okay. conversations. I'm not going to think about someone else because it's not it's not about me, and I'm going to use my spirituality to maybe basically bypass that and not be an actual compassionate so a narcissist. person. A narcissism. Narcissist. There's a fine line between self love and narcissism. Let me. No. Tell it is. I, I completely agree in that. And even when I I think about most of the time when people kind of maneuver in that space, regardless if they're a narcissist or not, sometimes people are only they're descri- they're they're basically, you know, 
what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh my God, they're, what's the, disguising. Mm-hmm. They're disguising their self-love, but really it's fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of kind of the commitment, fear of like wanting fear to move forward. Fear of difficult conversations. Yes. Fear of it's accountability. A fear. Intimate, wait, and it's a intimacy. Fear. And intimacy. Real yes. intimacy. You talk about self-love with yourself. Yes. Well, if you're constantly escaping with others, how much do you really love yourself? You know what I mean? Like well, how much you are you know, letting yourself really receive what you can receive. Well, yeah. you know, they say every reflection, um, I mean, every relationship we have with others is a direct reflection mm-hmm. with, yeah. to the relationship we have with ourselves. And so um, I think that this is a very interesting topic, though. I still stand by uh, toxic self-love is a weird term just to say, like like you said, spiritual bypassing or narcissism. I don't know if it's really self-love as much as it is. A lot of people these days are like, I let myself, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like. I'm gonna. Then you like, don't need to be I'm in gonna, fellowship uh, with anyone. I'm gonna uh, ditch all my responsibilities because it doesn't feel good. Like this yeah. doesn't feel good for me. It doesn't work well, for my vibe. Here's the thing: if you keep saying that and that's your only narrative, somebody you're the common denominator. Yeah. You're the issue. Yeah. But a lot right? of people don't realize that totally. Yeah. Right? They're blaming on everyone else. You are. Well, they okay. have to pay the price. Leave me out of it. Well, that's true. <laughs> Speaking of someone uh, who is blaming everyone, everyone else, conservatives, Ted Cruz is starting a fight with Big Bird and Sesame Street. What's going down next? Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Ted Cruz is going after none other than Big Bird in his latest attack against the COVID-19 vaccine and the Biden administration, the left, propaganda. So... I know Big Bird is tired, <laughs> but I do actually... I'm, I, have, I have something to say about this, too. Okay. I definitely saw a clip circulating on Twitter of Big Bird getting vaccinated in 1975. During, oh, an ep- during an yeah. episode of Sesame Street in 1975. And Amazing. No one said anything. It's a different time. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Big Bird tweeted, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it will give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Miss Erica Hill even said, I've been getting vaccines since I was a little bird. I had no idea. Okay. <laughs> Here's my, not issue, but my thought process around this. So I I don't I hate that Republicans are weaponizing this moment. It's not that serious. It's just a tweet. Mm-hmm. But when Big Bird is tweeting this, who who is he? What's the intended demographic audience that he's talking to on Twitter about this? Well, well like who is supposed to be like, oh, Big Bird first of all, got vaccinated. I'm gonna get vaccinated. And it's for the new, I mean, uh, that's yeah. I was about to say cause, because first of all, um, you got to be a certain age to be on Twitter. Second of all, mm-hmm. Big Bird's demographic can't read. That's what I'm saying. So, so I'm confused. I was really confused on why Big Bird specifically chose to tweet that and. 
who is like the parents ain't gonna say Big Bird changed their mind about the vaccination. Right. That's just not going to and happen. We should also, so I didn't really get the, the the motive behind it. We should also mention that children, even if they are of the reading age, cannot go advocate and get vaccinated they themselves. Can't. They can't. So if your parents are not pro-vax, then you're not getting vaccinated. So inherently for me, that was a political thing that I felt was a little unnecessary because it just doesn't make sense. If yeah. it's someone that has like actual like people are watching like from adults to like someone like this Peppa Pig uh-huh. mm-hmm. there's memes around her from our people our age who are obsessed with Peppa, P- Peppa Pig where she's kind of crossed this generational line where she's meant for kids but at least people get her from an adult standpoint and like I mean Adele is talking about Peppa Pig that makes sense if Peppa talking about hello I'm, I took the vaccine <laughs> oh wow <You laughs> exactly everything. thing is I feel like Sesame Street was always that show programming so I feel like it was gonna it be was. a hit like if they were gonna be doing a campaign which obviously they are they're hitting up different media outlets to get the word out about this. Sesame Street was going to be a stop in the neighborhood. On the show, maybe, but not on Twitter. What's and I was about to say, maybe this is like a precursor to a very yeah. special episode or it segment It takes some time up. to do stuff like that because, remember, it just got approved. So now I'm sure they're going to be doing the runs what, of, of what, what does it do? It doesn't make sense, y'all. Well, it did. It got us talking about it. But yeah, maybe what it continues the to baffle thing. me aside from this is the rights. Just like everybody's foaming at the mouth because this vaccine has been so heavily politicized when Ted Cruz, among every other right winger, has been vaccinated. Exactly. They have to. Everybody yeah. in media, in yeah. politics, all of Fox News. Everybody on the right is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they continue to pump out to their constituents and to their audiences that the vaccine is bad and to take dewormer. Or that it's government <laughs> propaganda. But you know how I always said, if oh they want to take dewormer and they want to do all that stuff, let them do it. Because it, I, I rather like, you go ahead and yeah. get rid of yourselves Darwin it so we can here. move on and with our Child lives. Child of Darwin. Honestly, if we I really want to do that, that's fine. But I just... But that's a good point, Ryan. I didn't think about Big, Big Bird, Bird tweeting. I, I just didn't really... I didn't really get the 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 motive behind it. Just besides us talking about it, Cole. Yeah, but we're talking about it really because Republicans. I was about to say, out. and that's the only reason why we're talking. Yeah. About it. In fairness, this just just should have been a tweet in the wind. But yeah. because Ted Cruz led the charge with this major temper tantrum, it became bigger than what it needed to be. Because yeah. we, well, I also don't follow Big Bird. So why is well, one could argue why is Big Bird on Twitter anyway? If He's if his young. poor audience can't read <laughs> also, and they can't be on Twitter, one could argue why he even has a Twitter account and what does he normally tweet has elmo tweeted because what what if we find out elmo's an anti-vaxxer yeah. now that is something we, <laughs> we need, need to talk the, about we need no. all the animals to be no, tweeting this be, at once i think the anti-vaxxer would be oscar the grouch actually <gasps> the one that lives in the, the trash, trash can, can yeah. He's trash. He's trash. Yeah. yeah okay yeah. or wow. even the the dracula character i was about oh, to say no. dracula he likes to bite no, things he, i feel like he, he counts the he can be like count like one maybe two he's responsible people. for bringing it to sesame street not the bat the original bat yeah yeah. <laughs> oh God! This is, we're going down downhill here. That is hilarious. Uh, well, I was never a Sesame Street kid, by the oh, way. Oh, I was. It was. It wasn't my type of programming. I've always been an Big adult. Bird. I, uh, oh, Snuffleupagus! <laughs> You're a what? I said I've always been an adult. No. Oh, no, sorry. I watched different programming on PBS. I just never felt drawn to Sesame Street. Yeah. Just personal. Yeah. I was choice. a Snuffleupagus girl. Ooh, okay. lashes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up, gay Republican officials are making history in New York. What they have to say next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
We're back, and all week long, we have a special guest host in studio joining us, the third Mike Shar Giselle. Yes, hi. I'm so excited to be here. What a what a Monday. Well, this is right? the first time where you're here with both of us. Yes. Because normally, <laughs> normally you fill in mm-hmm. for one of us if we're out, but and now you have us both. So I'm going to say I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> right? In fairness, this is my first time with the both of you live on air. Because yeah. I've been true. in here plenty of times. That's true. That's true. Yeah, off yeah, yeah. to the side. That's true. And That's talking true. during commercial breaks. <laughs> so, yeah, this is fun. This is fun. It I'm, I'm is. liking it. It just feels like it's just hanging out. Yeah. I like that. And you all have a conservative voice on air now. <laughs> oh. Yes, we We do. need balance of opinions here. You know, we are, we were auditioning. This is our, our start of our auditions for our nearest Republican. <laughs> yeah, we're like the future I view. not... A Republican, okay? I'm a Libertarian. Okay. No, I'm joking. Shout out to Jedediah Bila. Wow, I'm joking. Exactly. I'm joking. Yes, yes. Lots coming up it's on hilarious. the show still. <laughs> Why Billy Porter is apologizing. Uh, apologizing. I can barely say that. It's Harry Styles. That's in the Tear Report in a moment. Plus, how to take a break from a relationship. That's in 30 minutes. First, let's get into some What's Trending This Hour. Two gay Republicans have made electoral history as the first out GOP politicians to win office, but they'd like everyone to know that they don't really care about it. <laughs> Instead, the two Staten Island men, I thought it said Satan men, sorry, <laughs> said, oh, uh, derided, no, derided their sexual orientation as a lifestyle and identity politics. What do we think about You know what? This? I hate the term identity politics because it's so weaponized. Yeah. However, quite literally everyone, even if you are cis, white, straight, and male, and Christian, that is an identity. Yeah. You, it, is, it is quite impossible to navigate this landscape mm-hmm. and demonize others' identity poli- other people's identity politics because they don't align with yours. We all yeah. abide by them. Well, we do. I always cringe when people describe like being queer as a lifestyle. Because it's so it's, coded. It's, it's coded. <laughs> and, 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 like, and you grew up in the church. Oh my God, when you choose that lifestyle, like it, it just, it, like you said, it is most definitely coded and for me you see a lot of like conservative people saying that where they're not actually you know understanding that it's not a lifestyle this is just who I am Mm -hmm. I didn't just choose this lifestyle girl I didn't choose like I feel like lifestyles belong when it comes to like dieting or your lifestyle blog like I'm not choosing (laughs) these things I woke like I was born into this world being who I am like an accessory exactly and for me I just always cringe when I hear that it's so coded but what I find so uh quite comical is that both men men thanked the grand old party for overlooking the fact that they are gay in favor of their support of conservative principles Mm -hmm. that would have prevented them from achieving this you know in other in any other uh facet but i want to know how they are going to govern like they say identity politics they don't want to play into it but it's like how is that possible even yeah Yeah. how how are you going to govern if they didn't want us to know like if they don't want to care about identity politics and things like that. I shouldn't even know you're gay then. But they're politicians, so you know people get to dig in. I know. It's all hypocritical. People get to dig in. And uh, finally, uh, Elon Musk asked his Twitter followers on Saturday whether he should sell 10% of his stock in his company. And their answer was yes. He <laughs> tweeted, no? much is made lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance, so I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock. Do you support this? 
And he said, I will abide by the results of this poll, whichever way it goes. His remarks come as Democratic lawmakers consider how to fund their massive social spending plans, including a billionaire's tax that would impact a number of tech execs like Musk. I hate that he treats the world like his own personal like video game. Yeah. Where he's just like, I'm just going to let them choose it's my like, life. choose a path. Yes. I'm just like, girl, go play am, Xbox or something if I you're that bored. I am so in favor for the billionaire tax. All of them get on my nerves. Yeah. All of them are like yeah, seeing everybody them. use like space as their playground and it's like there's so many other like I'm not what digging about the in, world hunger thing recently he did. yeah I'm not digging in people's pockets or telling them how to spend but it's just so uh, I'll just say it speaks to identity politics for them oh. to use their billions to to go play in space yeah. so yeah Elon Musk gets on my nerves every I don't follow him on Twitter but of course I see his tweets every time exactly. he tweets something because they they garner a reaction from everyone on my timeline I never see his tweets Wild. actually till Cher brings them up oh I see Sorry. them Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right, Billy Porter is apologizing to Harry Styles after calling him in Vogue out. It is time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So here's the thing. If you're new to this story, Billy Porter spoke in an interview as the Sunday Times about Vogue putting Harry Styles on the cover in a dress. And as he claimed that he was the first person to do that in mainstream media, he mm. said this, quote, I changed the whole game. I personally changed the whole game. And that is not ego. That is just fact. I was the first one doing it, and now everybody is doing it. Well, now he's apologizing to Mr. Styles, saying this, quote, Harry Styles, I apologize to you for having your name in my mouth. It's not about you. The conversation is about you. Um, it's not about you. That's what he said. Uh, he said the conversation is actually deeper mm. than that. It's about the systems of oppression and erasure of people of color who contribute to the culture. Yeah. Now, that's a lot to unpack. And I'm willing to unpack it since the dragging and cancel culture of the internet. Because I do not now, nor will ever, adjudicate my life and humanity in sound bites on social media. So when you're ready to have the conversation, call the bitch, okay? I'm ready to have it. Um, First of all, he doesn't even understand the erasure that he did when he erased the fact that he was the first person to do this because he wasn't. But you know what I will say? I will say in the name of uh, Pray Tell, I will say he is the one in modern times, in these contemporary times, to kind of launch different conversations because no one else was wearing dresses Billy on the Porter. red carpet. Billy Porter, yeah. Billy yeah. Porter. Of course. No one was wearing dresses and ball gowns as a man yeah. on the red carpet prior to Billy Porter having access to the red carpet. But I do agree with you, Ryan. No, he did not originate it. There were people yeah. doing it before him, but as far as the conversation, as far as fashion is concerned on the carpet, Billy Porter certainly Modern times. Modern, modern times. Modern times. So he and, also gets to like bring up some history in that, too. Billy well, Porter. yeah. He, he should bring up that and, and also I was you know also thinking about other times that he's just erased even his co-stars out of the conversation but anyway that's your team report that's I have true. more coming up next hour Sean it's gonna be you that let's move on let's get with well with next the show. up oh this is gonna be a fun conversation between all of us why millennials wish they were Gen Z you know this keeps coming up in I like don't. New York Times how like th- these older generations don't want to be the younger generation is this just a conversation that keeps continuing every generation it at is. this point it is well let's get into it next let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q last week, t- week we talked about this New York Times article about 37 year olds hating 23 year olds right this is this discussion that's happening well now in vice.com they have this article about millennials who want to be like Gen Z which I think is really interesting how this 
cross-generational conversation is coming up a lot. And I think it happens over time to every generation, to be honest, where there's a bit of a drag of the younger generation. But there's also this aspirational perspective of like, look at what they're doing. Like, I wish we could have done that in our time. And Are you saying wanting that about that. Gen Xers probably millennials feeling that, feeling that way about Gen Z? And, but even in the past, you yeah. didn't yeah. Always, every generation. Way exactly. About, like, you're you know. so lucky. Like, we couldn't do that in my day. And like, But I feel yeah. like, I feel like, for clarification, you said who want to be Gen Z. The article says who wishes they were Gen oh. Z. I think that that wording matters. But yeah. I also think because we live in a day and age where everyone's on the Internet and things are hyper visible, there is a certain yearning there. I personally do not wish to be Gen Z, but I do recognize the changes that are coming with mm-hmm. them. For example, I see Gen Z getting rid of the five day work week. I feel like I will see that in my lifetime. I don't know if that how that will align with capitalism, right. but these little blue hair. TikTok dancing kids I don't see them abiding by some of the traditional rules because the landscape has changed even Mm -hmm. like as far as like with me in undergrad and pursuing broadcast journalism and my internship the landscape has changed where you can almost do anything you want thanks to the internet. No, that's true. Um, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree about the work week thing. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. But I do think that the, as a cusp, because I do consider myself a cusp, like I'm a millennial, but I remember... Like, I feel like I really grew up in the sense of kind of like understanding what Gen, Gen Zers were. Like, I still had a VHS tape. I still had the old school like video games. There were certain things, you know, recording music on your, your boom mm-hmm. box and all mm-hmm. the. There were certain things I remember, but I also still feel like I exist in this Gen Z kind of world. Yeah. Um, but really, after watching TV shows like Euphoria and Generation, there's just no way I want to be these drug induced kids. And honestly, I, I, I think about like the idea of even bringing kids into that space because of so much that's going on. Like, Kids were doing drugs when I was young, like smoking weed and all that stuff. But it just feels like it's on another level where mm-hmm. they are really success, success, susceptible. susceptible. Yes, that's the word for all types of things. I feel like there's uh, two sides I'm seeing. And this I feel like we were almost like these old people talking about young people. I know. I just said that I was young. Yes. <laughs> it's like when you're, you're like talking about someone else's experience, like I'm seeing this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because what I'm I mean, seeing is... I mean, we do is, have more lived experience. Yeah. So. What I'm seeing is there's definitely that, like, and we see it like in shows like Euphoria. And then I'm seeing the other side, like people that are really practicing sobriety, people are really practicing like just living differently that um, are actually innocent, even though they're still creating their own lifestyles. For like, me... Does that make sense? It, like, like they're not, uh, you know doing all that stuff they're actually like not even maybe uh having sex like there's a lot of that well, happening for, there's for, those, there's two sides she's to saying it, that yeah. there's two sides to the coin but for me it all leads back to the internet we did not have access to certain things like we didn't have smartphones growing up and i think that these kids now like i i always reimagine i think that in high school i would have might might have been more politically activated yeah. Oh, yeah, if something like oh, yeah. twitter was around when i was in high school totally. all, I, all i had was the the newspaper the Chicago yep. Sun-Times, you know, and I was not reading that, if I'm being honest. Either. So it's yeah. like, I think that the access to the internet with just the touch of these machines that we keep in our pockets and purses opens kids up to a to more broader conversations and a sense of community that some of us did not yep. have. We felt isolated, some of us. I think the, the internet is the whole entire reason why we have both sides of the, the coin, because we're talking about mental health. We're talking about all of these things where, you know, we're just finding community who people who are going through maybe you know, trying to find their sobriety, trying to figure out all these things that you kind of listed. Naomi, in the 
don't said, feel like they need to feed into the those types of lifestyles. Yet. But they also are finding community of people totally. who actually agree with them to kind of affirm that yeah. decision, and right? Yeah. And it's instead easier. Of just, yeah, instead we of just being out pressure. there by yourself. We had the yeah. Yahoo, uh, the Yahoo groups and the AOL yeah. groups and stuff, and now it's just easy. You can type in a hashtag and find your community. But the only thing I do wish that I I, I wish I was a Gen Zer in the sense of like being in high school. I wish you just I brought up euphoria. No, but I you... <laughs> yes, I get it. But also, queerness is just mm-hmm. looked at in, yeah. in its You can really exist as a queer person, yeah, a trans person. You're doing it in a more in a way where yes, there's constant attacks, and depending on if you are in the deep, deep south, totally. maybe your experience is not that. But I think, and depending on who you go home to, yes, depending I, on your parents, right? But I do think there's more of a willing uh, space yeah. for a lot of queer and trans kids to be able to grow into spaces of being like, oh, I'm accepting myself right off the bat. Totally. I should mention my high school. I was class of 2006, but my high school was very progressive when it came to LGBT oh, wow. issues. V- extremely. Shout out to John Schwaller. He led the like the little like we get pulled out of class. It was discreet, but we'd come together and have meetings. That's when I was exposed to wow. people getting kicked out of their homes because their grandma read their diary and found out that they were lesbian. Like we were really. And this was like I said, I graduated in 06. So this was like 2004, 2005 that yeah. we were having these very, very progressive ahead of the curve meetings wild. in high school. Yeah. school that's wild lots of and i in. existed as as i was Good. i was i was shard 14 so real quick <laughs> does anybody want to be a gen z here in no. this room no mm, no i'm I happy I, I do you not thought about it i wouldn't say it <laughs> You thought about it. I was like, you know what? I feel like I lo- I have Gen Zers that I employ and that I work with. And I'm like, man, like, I, like, they're so much out there there's living a freedom. their truth. And there's a freedom. But there's, there's also freedom comes there's with a- youth. It comes with extreme youth. When you're 21, you're you look so true. Yeah. And you're allowed so more true. mistakes yeah. and you're allowed, like, come on now. I would not trade. I'm, I'm glad also, being a millennial. But there's also, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to, like, tech and all that social media. There's ears. It's even bigger Peer than pressure, I was in my day. keeping yeah. up. My TikTok followers. Well, I exactly, want to be an influencer. Exactly. Like, I'm glad I don't have that to worry about. They're starting careers in, like, elementary school. <laughs> right, I mean, right. No, thank you. <laughs> Next up. No, thank you. How to take a break from no, a relationship that's actually a break. We've got an extra here to help Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Ever find yourself in a relationship where you're like, I need to take a break from this person. But, you know, it can be really hard to do it, to do like an official break. Yeah, I'm triggered. I just Without breaking up, like yeah? yeah. I, I did as well, except I did a clean break. Okay. I ended up back with mine. Yeah. So it didn't work. <laughs> You've got some discipline. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it was time for the clean break because okay. I had tried the break. And like, yeah. it was time, okay, for me to do just do like, I can't do this. Good for you. <laughs> well, here to share some tips is Parisa Gunberry, registered psychotherapist and relationship expert. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So let's get into it. Why is it so hard to take a break in a relationship um, without breaking up? I mean, Yes. Do you mean it's hard for the person who's asking for a break or? I mean, both, honestly. Like, sometimes yeah. it's hard for the other person receiving it to realize, like, this relationship isn't working and they just keep on making it, like, continue. But it can be hard to yeah. establish that. The person that's requesting the break, like, what's the balance between yeah. a break and a breakup? Yeah, that, that's a good question uh, because it's uh, 
I think, you know, going on a break always has this negative connotation. And for a lot of people, it equals actually taking, uh, going through a breakup. Um, so, yeah, that's the challenge with it. Just the negative connotation associated with uh, going on a break. It almost feels like, you know, you've had enough of the other person and you're just tired and exhausted and you're just so close to breaking up with that person. But there's a good way to do it so that you actually, uh, you know, gain more benefits than rather than damage your relationship. Okay, so I want to get to the good way to do it. But I think for me, when should we be using the the breaking up language because I'm dating yeah. someone and I wanted to kind of slow things down, right? I had some concerns. Things came up for me and I was transparent yeah. in the conversation with the person, but I guess because we're dating, they automatically took that and they bought up the word, the language breaking up. Like I broke up with them, but we're not even officially uh. like together. And I thought that was interesting because I haven't been like dating in a while. So I was wondering, right. is that something that's new where even if you're dating someone, you can still break up with them? Yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting point you're bringing up. So I think the fact that you said you've been clear and transparent with that person is very important. But also, if you feel like you need to slow things down, you're feeling overwhelmed for whatever reason, it's really helpful just to sit with yourself, identify that first of all, really check in with your feelings, and then bringing that to your partner. And really in that point, if you feel like, so it's important to get clear on what the intention is behind asking for this break. Mm. Is it an actual breakup for you? Do you feel like you've had enough of this person and it's just a nice way of saying goodbye? Like It's almost like a slow death versus, no, you're still interested in this person, but you're feeling overwhelmed. Some things are not working for you, but mm-hmm. you're still not clear what's not working. Yeah. So really taking the time to, uh, you know, check in with yourself, slow things down, do some individual work around it, and then get back to them is important. So if you feel like, you know, for them, you know, just having that conversation does bring up a lot of anxiety, it's important to see how they view it and kind of be very clear on what your intention is in asking for this to make sure you're on the same page, hopefully before going on that break with one another. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we're going to take a break, but we're going to continue to get some more relationship advice on taking breaks and breaking up. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back talking about relationship breaks. Not necessarily breaking up, but how to do it. And back with us is Parisa Gunbari, a registered psychotherapist and relationship expert. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. So I had a quick question because I know that these types of situations are so nuanced and emotional and you can't really control. You can only Mm -hmm. control what comes out of your mouth. You can't control how it lands or how your partner might interpret it. I want to know possible benefits from this because, you know, I've been thinking and some of my own insecurities are bubbling up. Like if, you know, a guy asked me for a break, I'd be thinking like, does he just want like a little hall pass to cheat or something Mm -hmm. like because because what does it look like? I know every situation is different. Does that mean you're not talking to me for a week? Or does that mean you're like kind of so are you dating other people? What does it break? And I know that it's case by case, but I wanted to know what do you think are some of the benefits that might come from taking a break? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So I think those are all good points you're bringing up because you want to make sure you're not alienating alienating your partner while you both both of you are apart, right? So you want to make sure that you know any questions you have about being on this break, will you be dating? Will we be dating different people? Uh, what we'll be doing in the in our time apart? Will you be doing some counseling on the part or on the side, or will you be reading relationship books? So you want to be clear on why you are on this break so that you're not sitting there feeling anxious, wondering if your partner is you know cheating on you or getting involved with other people. So it helps to know how long you'll be on this break for. It helps to know what are the boundaries, what's allowed, what's not allowed in terms of getting involved with other people. It helps to know who's supposed to initiate conversation again. Um, So talking about those boundaries before you uh, take that break is very, very important. Does that answer your question? Definitely. Thank you. And I think about oftentimes in my own experience, like I'm relearning how to trust my instincts on certain things. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that can be a common thing with a lot of people just being like, I need to trust my instincts of the things that are coming up. I need to trust that I'm not, you know, one just kind of getting wrapped up in the lovey doveyness of it all being like, I need this person in my life. or I've gotten comfortable with this person in my life. I would love for to know, like, what are your tips on trusting your instinct of knowing, like, no, I know what I'm feeling and I need to move forward in doing it this way? Yeah, yeah. And that's why taking a break is so important, because when you're in the chaos of a relationship, right, it's sometimes hard to really see what's happening with you inside you. How are you really, really feeling in your hearts of hearts about this person? So taking a few days, you know, apart from your partner or as much as you need, right, just to reflect on how you're feeling inside because your feelings are telling you something about what your needs are in this relationship. Is there something missing for you? So really taking that time to slow down, checking in with yourself. If you need to journal a little bit, Mm. talk with a friend you trust uh, as like a sounding board just for you to kind of validate some of those feelings so that hopefully if you do decide to have a conversation uh, with the person you're dating, you're really, really clear on what's not working for you and what your needs are if you do decide to move forward forward with that relationship yeah. so that's absolutely important what when you touched on when you're on the break also if you every time you want to like text them do something for yourself that's what my therapist said when i was like in that mode of like always defaulting to texting the person mm-hmm. when i was like anxious mm-hmm. so like take a bath or like yeah do something for maybe Cry. your work cry <laughs> you know go yeah, on a job right yeah, yeah. T- self-care and and how do you bring it up to someone? Did you talk about that? Just like the last tip of how to bring it up to someone so you can like yeah. take that time? Because it could be scary. Like I, I've oh, gotten yeah. scared before. Same. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think not using the word I need a break from us is good, right? It's mm. a good first tip. Uh, and just focusing on what you need. What's the reason you need to spend. So I just need to spend some time with myself. I've really been feeling overwhelmed. So I just want to reflect on my own feelings. Mm. And hopefully if your intention is to improve the relationship, you can say yes, and this is what I'm hoping to gain. So really focusing on yourself and the benefits that you see will come out of taking this break for yourself and also for the relationship, as opposed to saying I need a break. Yeah, I, it's about I, not about you. All right, that was Parisa yeah, Gunberry, yeah. a registered psychotherapist and relationship expert. Thanks so much. Thank you. Next up, the Navy has officially launched a ship named after this gay trailblazer. We'll tell you who next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. This one goes to two queer female conservative rabbis who have tied the knot in a historic first for the conservative Judaism movement. Oh, they look like they live in Silver Lake. (laughs) 
I can't even see their picture. Let me pull this up. So, Shara, can you break down for our listeners? Because I thought that when you mentioned conservative, when you first pitched this story, that it would had to do with politics. More What's the difference? conservative religion, just like any religion has a more conservative side, which you would expect so, is so like against evangelicals sort, versus yeah. like. Uh, like song. I'm more of a you know uh, liberal <laughs> well, I Jew. I understand that reference. I'm like a more progressive Jew. You're which, not like uh, the the show on. I'm um, not a re- yeah. I'm not re- religious. On Netflix, where it's religious. like what there. Oh my god, there's an actual word for um, Hasidic. Hasidic Jews. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. With the yes. beards, mm-hmm. I see them all the time. And there's a they have it like a neighborhood. There's like fabulous. a a neighborhood. I know near, it's like a spiritual uh, yeah. There's like yeah. It's like near the Grove. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, well, that's actually the, that's actually a neighborhood that's known for being kind of like a Jewish. For the, yeah, yeah, I see them all the time in their black and white traditional Jews. wear and their thick beards. Exactly. So okay, so conservative, like I said, evangelicals versus yeah. Hillsong. Imagine think of any religion that you have that is like the r- more religious conservative. That's what Shar just yeah. said. Or extremists. That's what. yeah. This wouldn't go into the extremist category, but it can if you saw unorthodox. Right, unorthodox. Anyway, great show. Well, shout out to rabbis Becca Walker and Ariella Rosen who met at a rabbinical assembly retreat in Connecticut in May 2018 for female rabbis starting out in their career. As well, it was love, obviously, because the two are now uh, tying the knot. They're from Toronto, Canada. Love that, fellow Canadians. Hey. And uh, they were married by another queer female rabbi. So, like, all of them reunited, all the queer Jews for this one. All I'm saying is they most definitely look like they met either at a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. <laughs> so we want to give them a very big shout-out because this is definitely a big deal in the Jewish community, but also for more conservative Jews. Yeah. Yeah, so big yes, queen. Yes, well, yes queen, queen. to the both of them. Exactly. Yes, queen. Mazel tov. That's All like right. the, the Jewish Yaz Queen. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time, live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Shar Giselle is back with us, of course, all week long. Oh, yes. This is so much fun. I love it. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about student loan payments again coming up. What to do about that. They're back. Exactly. Um, and so much more. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about clearing up therapy myths. That's next. Oh, bye, y'all. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 